0: Jesus is real. power in your name. We trust in we Jesus is real.
1: When God called us here to the Northwest, God really said, I want you to put down roots and I want you to establish a home. Because when a family has a home, then you make memories in that home, and Lord willing, they're good memories, and you see the growth of what God is doing. And even though our culture is losing its sense of home, the people of God should never, because the children of Israel, they have been waiting for this.
0: When you think of home, what comes to mind? Do you picture the childhood home that you grew up in, or has home become more of what you associate with your adult life? Maybe the concept of home isn't even a specific place, but the people you're with. Today, Pastor Daniel gives you an idea of what home meant for the people of Israel. But he also gives you a sense of what home is meant to be long term, for eternity. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Joshua chapter 18 as he continues his message tying up loose ends. Jesus.
1: With Solomon's son, Rehoboam, and then Jeroboam, you get the split in the kingdom. Almost right away, all you really know about is Judah and Israel, or Judah and Ephraim. The two largest tribes end up taking up all of the identity of the people. And so when that all goes on, it's almost like this text inspired by the Spirit is laid out in such a way that takes this into account. Because you have Judah in the south and Benjamin, they were the two southern tribes, but almost right after the division, all you think about it is Judah. Benjamin gets subsumed into Judah. All of the northern tribes, all of them get subsumed into Ephraim or the descendants of Joseph. So you almost completely lose identity very, very quickly with their, their tribal heads. So with that being said, let's look at the inheritance of the land of Benjamin. In verse 11, it says, Now the lot... Of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families. And the territories of their lots came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan. And their border went up the side of Jericho on the north. And went up through the mountains westward. And it ended at the wilderness of beth Aven. The border went over there toward Luz. And on the side of Luz, which is Bethel, southward, and the border descended to Atroth Adar near the hill that lies on the south side of lower Betharon. And the border extended around the west side to the south from the hills that lie before Bethlehem, southward, and it ended at Kirjath Baal, which is Kirjath Jerim, a city of the children of Judah. This was on the west side. The south side began in at the end of Kirjath Jerim, and the border extended on the west and went out to the springs of water of Neftah. Then the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is in the valley of Rephaim on the north, descended to the valley of Hinnom to the side of the Jebusite city on the south and descended to En-Rogel. And it went around from the north, went to En-Shemesh and extended toward Gilathoth which is before the ascent of Adumim and descended to the stone of Boan the son of Reuben then it passed along towards the north side of Arabah, and went down to Arabah. and the border passed along the north side of Beth Hagla and the border ended at the north bay at the salt sea at the south end of the Jordan which was the southern boundary the Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to its boundaries all around, according to their families. And then in verse 21 to 28, you get the list of all the cities. Now, the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin, according to their families, were Jericho, Beth-Hogla, Emek-Kaziz, beth Araba, Zemarim, Bethel, Avim, Parah, Oprah, Sephar-Hammuani, Aphni and Gabba, 12 cities with their villages, Gibeah, and Ramah, Berath, Mizpah, Chephirah, Moza, Rechem, Irpil, Teralah, Zela, Eleph, and Jebus, which is Jerusalem, Gibeah, and Kirjah, 14 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin, according to their families. Oh, praise God. You guys are kind. No, it's moments like that that you're like, I'm just so grateful I'm not Fusco preaching Joshua right now. So a couple of comments about all of this. Now, I think what's interesting is although the landmass of Benjamin was not the largest of these seven tribes, it does get the most details really what you find is they start by telling us that really Benjamin is north of the tribe of Judah and south of the descendants of Joseph. So it's in that in-between between where Judah ends in the south and Joseph begins in the north. And what you find is the north side is the southern border. So the northern border of Benjamin is the southern border of Ephraim. The western side of the boundary of, of Benjamin belong to Judah as well See so yeah, they had Judah going around the west side And then the south side The southern boundary of Benjamin Is the northern boundary of Judah What is probably the most fascinating Is if you notice Benjamin's land allotment A lot of these cities we talk about a lot in the Bible Don't we? Like don't miss the fact that The city of Jerusalem is in the tribe of Benjamin Jericho is in the allotment of Benjamin. So you have a lot of these cities that we have talked about. Bethel, where God met with Jacob. That's in the tribe of Benjamin. So all these places, it's very unique. And so we have all of these areas. And I didn't want to miss it when I read it. I made a mental note to make sure I remind everybody that there's a lot of discussion about the bordering. And this is in uh, in verse 16. The border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom. You guys notice that? Normally you'd read that, you wouldn't even think about it. But the word, the valley of the son of Hinnom got contracted to be Gehenna, which modern Bibles translated as hell. And so really what went on is the reason they called the Valley of the Son of Hinnom is as you get later into the Kings and the Chronicles, this man Hinnom was sacrificing his children to Molech. So child sacrifice in that area. And God was so angered by it that he said, I want that to be the incinerator for Jerusalem. That's where the idea of hell being a place of continual fire and burning. Gehenna for the people who lived in Israel was known to be the incinerator. It was the place where all of the garbage that was taken out of Jerusalem was perpetually burning. And that's where the vivid picture of what hell is comes from biblically. So Gehenna, anytime you read about Gehenna or hell, think the valley of the son of Hinnom. That's where it comes, and that's in the, just below Jerusalem, right? You go down the mountain into the valley below. I mean, what is funny is we think of a mountain, think of if you've ever been to Israel, and we're, we're going to take a trip at some point. We keep talking about doing it. You know, we'll, we'll take a trip there, and we'll go visit these sites. When you think of, like, Mount Zion, you think of, like, Mount Hood. It's not like Mount Hood. It's like the mountain in your neighborhood. You know, you can, like, you have to walk up it, but it's not like an enormous hill. We would call it a hill. They would call it a mountain. It's not a huge thing. And so you walk down from Jerusalem and now it's a beautiful park. I mean, after all those years of burning and refuse and all this stuff, you know, it's the land's quite fertile. So it's a beautiful green area. But back in the day, it was where they dealt with the trash of the city. So all of that is the tribe of Benjamin. And, of course, you get all these discussions of these different towns. You know, you get 12 cities on the east side, which is verses 21 to 24. And then you get 14 other cities on the west side. Okay, now going into chapter 19, it says this in verse 1. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon. And according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had in their inheritance Beersheba, or Sheba, Molada, Hazar, Shual, Bala, El Talad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, Beth, Markavoth, Hazar, Shusha, Beth, Lebotha, I'm just going to make them up going forward, and Sarahan, 13 cities and their villages, Ein, Ramon, Ether, there's probably Ether if I was saying it right, but Ether is a A gas, I guess. And on. not this one though, you know what I mean. Four cities and their villages. And all the villages that were all around these cities as far as Balath-Be'er, Ramat of the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon. According to their families and the inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah. For the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. Now, what's interesting is now what we find is Judah got such a large portion that all the towns that were given to Simeon were first given to Judah and now they're being reallocated to Simeon. Now, what is interesting about all of this, if you remember the blessing that Jacob gave to his sons Simeon and Levi, that the descendants were destined to be scattered among the 12 tribes as a punishment for the revenge that Simeon and Levi had taken against the descendants of Shechem. You guys remember that story? In was it Genesis 34. Do you remember when there was a the whole thing with Jacob's daughter and the Shechemite? And they said, well, if you guys want to be in our family, you all got to get circumcised. And then all the guys said, we'll get circumcised because the king said they had to. And then Simeon and Levi went in and killed them all. I mean... You See, if you guys think the Bible's boring, you're boring. The Bible's awesome. This is like a great, crazy story. I mean, think about this. There's this thing goes on where the descendants of Shechem, he sees one of the daughters of Jacob. He thinks she's beautiful. And he ends up, getting his groove on, so to speak. And all this bad stuff goes down. And then when they find out they're so mad that they're like, well, we have to fix this. And they're like, well, if, we're, if this is gonna be the case, if you're gonna marry my daughter, you all need to get circumcised. And they're, and they're like, yes, we're all gonna do it. We wanna be family with you guys. And then everybody was hurting and Simeon and Levi went and he killed them all. And so Jacob's response to that was literally when he was blessing them, says you're gonna be scattered amongst your brothers. And what's interesting is right here, we find out that Simeon gets land in Judah And there's almost no recollection of the tribe of Simeon after this. And the Levites, of course, because God was their inheritance, the Levites got cities scattered throughout all the 12 tribes. So you have this blessing and prophecy completely fulfilled. And what is interesting is by the time you make it to First Kings 19, Beersheba, which was given to Simeon right here, is called fear Sheba in Judah. So by the first book of Kings, all of Simeon's land is considered Judah's land almost immediately. So from there you get Zebulun in verse 10. The third lot came out for the children of Zebulun according to their families and the border of their inheritance as far as Sarid. The border went toward the west and to Merilah, uh, went down to Dabatheth and extended along the brook that was east of Jachname, then from Sarid to the east toward the sunrise along the border of Chishlath-Tabor, and went out from Deborah bypassing Japhia, and from there it passed along on the east to Gethaphir toward and extended to Rimnon, which borders on Neah. Then the border went around on the north side of Hanathon and it ended at the valley of Jiphdath El. Included were Ketaath, Sha'alal, Shimron, Adalah, and Bethlehem, 12 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulun. According to their families, these cities with their villages. Now, Zebulun was the younger brother of Issachar but notice he received his inheritance first now we've talked about this a lot Ephraim received his inheritance as the younger brother before his older brother Manasseh and you find this as being a common theme and I've talked about this a decent amount now a couple things that I want to bring out now as we're kind of in the middle of this and you know you could see why this is kind of a challenging text as a teacher you're like reading lists of names now, there's a couple of things I'm thinking. One, I think that the names of our cities are too boring. Don't you think so? When you read this, there's such great, unique names and everything's like Jonestown, Marysville. Now, I'm cool with Jonestown. And if your last name is Jones or Mary, I'm not knocking it. But like, you could have like a cool city name. So I think that we should all just rename Portland and Vancouver like some good biblical names. So I have my own ideas, but I'm not going to share them with you guys. So that's the first thing, I think. But the other side of this, and I think it's important to interject this, is that for us, even if we were looking at maps, you're like, okay, these are just allotment of land. Like, is this really important? But every family has a place to call home. Like, that's part of what this is about, is that God has a people, and he wants that people to have a place to call home on this side of eternity. Knowing that it's not our forever home or our ultimate home but a place that we can say this is my space this is where life happens and you know i think we're living in a day and age that we're losing that sense of home you know and i know that for lynn and i with our kids we're you know we had been pretty nomadic as a as a couple we'd moved around a lot and when god called us here to the northwest god really said i want you to put down roots and i want you to establish a home because When a family has a home, then you make memories in that home. And Lord willing, they're good memories. And you see the growth of what God is doing. And even though our culture is losing its sense of home, the people of God should never. Because the children of Israel, they had been waiting for this. Like this had been the thing that God had promised. And now they're getting a chance. And you can imagine that they're like, oh, Judah's got so much. And, you know, we don't have that much. But it's like, you have a home. And God wants you to have a place that is the place where you blossom. And the place where you go. Like, we want Crossroads to be a spiritual home for people. It's one of our greatest desires. We want this to be a place where people can come. And they can grow. And they can grow their whole life. from when they're babies all the way until the time when God takes them home, that people can grow in this place. But in our very transient culture that we have now, it's a great gift, isn't it? But many of us feel completely uprooted. There's no roots anywhere. And when you have no sense of rootedness physically, it's hard to have a sense of rootedness spiritually as well. Like, we find ourselves having no sense of rootedness. Now, of course, there is a unique balance because the Lord wants us to always remember we're citizens of two homes, right? We're citizens of this earth and heaven. So we have a dual citizenship. And we don't want to get too comfortable here. But at the same time, we don't want to act like there's no sense of rootedness here because if you see in the scriptures, there's always a sense of rootedness. Like the children of Israel had a place. And when they didn't have a place, they were longing to go back to their home. And by the time Jesus comes, the church is organizing in such a way that there is a strong sense of home, where they belong, the people who know them and who they walk with and who they grow with. And we can miss that in this long list of names and where this thing is and and this thing is over here and these guys are over here and all this kind of stuff. But really what you find is God has given them a place to call home. Now, as we continue on, verse 17, the fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. And the territory went to Jezreel and included Shetheluth and Shunem, Haphraim, Shihon, Hazaroth, Ribith, Kishion, Abbez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hadah and Beth-Pazez, and the border reached to Tabor, Tabor, as we have in our area here, Hajus, uh, Samim, and Beth-Shemesh. These borders ended at the Jordan, 16 cities with their villages. This was their inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar, according to their families and their cities. So Issachar lies east of Zebulun, also south of the Sea of Galilee, what they called in in the time of Jesus, the beautiful valley of Jezreel. It's also a noted battlefield that will go on there. In verse 24, you get the tribe of Asher. So the fifth lot came out to the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. And their territory included Helkath, Hali. Betten, Aksaphath, Alamelech, Amad, and Mishael. It reached to Mount Carmel westward towards the brook Shihor-Libnath. It turned toward the sunrise to Beth-Dagon, and it reached to Zebulun and the valley of Jibtheth-El, then northward beyond beth amek and Ne'iel, passing Kabul, which is on the left, including Hebron, Rehobah, Hamon and Cana as far as the greater Sidon and the border turned to Ramah in the fortified city of Tyre then the border turned to Hassa and ended at the sea by the reason of Aksib. also Uma, Aphek, Rehob were included 22 cities with their villages this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families these cities and their villages now what is fascinating here is that really Asher's territory was on the western slopes of the mountains in the Galilee region in the north. And so really all the coastal lands off the Mediterranean, Mount Carmel, Tyre and Sidon, all of these were given to Asher. Now, what's interesting is we don't hear a lot of Asher because it really had a very strategic place to protect greater Israel in the north from the Phoenicians. So you almost don't hear a lot about Asher. Tyre and Sidon become places that are not occupied by the children of Israel. There's always an enemy force there. But you don't ever forget that when Jesus was born, Anna the prophetess, as well as Simeon, were from the tribe of Asher. So the people who met Mary and Joseph in the temple and celebrated the birth of Jesus were from this tribe in the northern region. Then you get the tribe of Naphtali, verse 32. The sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali. For the children of Naphtali, according to their families, and their border began at Halep, enclosing the territory from the terebinth tree of, there's a lot of A's and N's in that word. As Adami Nekev, and Jabneel, as far as Lekum, it ended at the Jordan. From Heleph, the border extended westward to asnoth Tabor, and went out from there towards Hukoth. It adjoined Zebulun on the south side and Asher on the west side, and ended at Judah toward the Jordan, toward the sunrise. And the fortified cities are Zedim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Chinnareth. Adama, Ramah, Hazor, Kedeth, Edrei, and Hazor, Aran, Migdal El, Horem, Bethanoth, and Beth Shemeth. 19 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali according to their families, the cities and their villages. And so the territory given in Naphtali lay between Asher and then the Jordan River. Now, what is special about this land? You almost won't even realize it by reading the list, but this is the Galilean region where Jesus did the bulk of his ministry. So you realize that Naphtali, out of the seven, there's the sixth lot chosen. But what's amazing is if you read the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah speaks in Isaiah chapter nine about the contrast Of Naphtali's early gloom because of the Assyrian invasion, with the glory when Jesus comes. I mean, Naphtali was the land where Jesus did the bulk of his ministry in the Galilee region in the north. Jesus is real.
0: As Pastor Daniel mentioned today, each tribe had an allotted portion of land that was meant for them. It was a place they could claim as their own after the long journey and the waiting. It's great to have a place to call home here on earth, but it's even better to have a place to call your eternal home in heaven. So as you heard today, don't forget that you can have a dual citizenship here on earth and in heaven too. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I wanna be honest with you for
1: a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be. And it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own
0: copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will continue on in the book of Joshua. He'll be talking about the cities of refuge that the people were given in case something went wrong. Isn't that a good idea when you do something wrong, you want to have a place to turn to, to make things right, to correct the wrong that may have happened? Well, you'll hear what this meant for those people and what it means for you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up next time where we left off as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Homestead. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.